Hey guys, welcome back to episode 4 of Chatter With You Matter. Today we'll be going over growing up with mental illness in a Latinx household with Norma. Before we get started, a little disclaimer. The sound quality won't be as good as normal just because we are doing this over the phone um, because of COVID-19. Second of all, save the dates December 11th and 12th for the Mental Health Symposium that is being presented by Us You Matter and AS Productions. So, without further ado, let's give Norma a call. Hello. Hi, Norma. So, do you want to just go ahead and give yourself a quick intro really fast? Yeah, of course. So, my name is Norma Rosa Vidal. I am 21 years old. I am a first-gen Latinx woman pursuing a higher education. So, I am a fourth year student at Chico State. I'm double majoring in criminal justice and sociology, and I'm also getting a women's study, uh, minor in women's studies. So hopefully if everything works out, I will be graduating in spring 2021. And after that, I hope to work with the Latinx population as a behavioral therapeutic coach. And then also um, I hope to become an MFT in the future. Oh my gosh, well that sounds amazing. Um, you've got it all planned out. Um, just for our listeners, and even for me, just for a little clarification, what is um, the difference between Latinx and Latin? Yeah, so I think the term um, was first introduced as Latino. So I'm like a Latina woman or Latino man. So now it's being a lot more inclusive since that's a thing with our Spanish language is that it's like a lot about like gender and pronouns and it's not really inclusive. So that was a way to make it more inclusive by dropping the O or the A in Latino and making it an X. Okay, awesome. So it's kind of like when they do the the woman with an X instead of the A. Exactly. Oh, yeah. awesome. Love that. Um. Okay, so... Tell me about who you are, like your background, a little bit of your experience growing up. Yeah. Um, so I am the youngest of three kids. So my parents had three kids and I'm one of the youngest. I'm the first one to ever go to a four year right after high school. And I am also a mental, mental health activist, which is rare to be in my family because again my culture I do identify as Mexican Latina Hispanic um and so that's just a topic that isn't talked about and growing up it was never talked about so I think I've definitely made it my mission in life to destigmatize mental health and especially when it comes to the Latinx population that's amazing. Do you think there's a reason growing up or in your culture that there was a reason you didn't talk about mental health as much or why you're pushing <clears throat> to end the stigma? Um, yeah, so it's I've seen it mostly because 
we're constantly growing up with a thought of survival and like figuring out ways to survive by just working hard and focusing on that rather than focusing on your well-being and how healthy you really are. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like within our culture, we are kind of very materialistic because of our past traumas and our just injustices, you know, social injustices that we face. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I It's something that I never liked about my culture, which sounds very rough, but it was something that has always bothered me, just the fact that we always keep things to ourselves. And, like, even growing up, I was always told, like, calladita te ves, te ves más bonita, like, you look a lot prettier just being quiet. Basically telling us to keep quiet and not stand up for ourselves. So I feel like that's where my, like, activism, like, rose from. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanting to change that within our culture. Yeah, and it's so important that it is. Do you think that mindset comes from a mindset of protection and um, looking out for yourself? And instead of looking out for yourself, I guess, mentally looking out for yourself more physically? Yeah, definitely. Um, Because I feel like that also has to do with the intergenerational trauma that is passed down from our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, From my experience, my parents did immigrate to this country So their mentality was we need to work to get money and support our children so that they can have a better life, so that they can have the life that we didn't have. Mm -hmm. But then also growing up as a woman in a Latinx household is that being selfish is not something that we do. We don't take care of ourselves. We mainly like have to take care of others, Mm -hmm. say like our siblings or our parents, because that's what's important. So diving a little more into it, what do you think culture means to you? Culture. Okay, so my culture means so much to me. It Since I grew up, it has meant so much to me. It's shaped me to be the woman I am today. I love every single thing about my culture. Um, well, like I said, mostly everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I had trouble acknowledging my culture and I could have cared less. But now that I'm older and that I've learned so much more, like, the history of our, like, ancestors and stuff, I am so proud to be a Mexican. I'm so glad my parents taught me Spanish and that they let me experience summers in Mexico and winter breaks in Mexico. I'm so glad I know how to cook traditional dishes. And just overall, my culture has definitely been the inspiration for my advocacy work. And I'm just so glad and grateful to be part of this culture. That's amazing. That's awesome that you were um, in touch with your culture because, sadly, I think a lot of people tend to, like you said, when you were younger, you didn't maybe pay attention to it as much so people could maybe push off their culture so they didn't really have to deal with the ups and downs with it. So how, how do you think your culture has shaped the way that you are? It's shaped me tremendously. It's both for good and bad. Um, For my culture, I learned that in order to achieve your goals, you have to be strong and you have to have a strong work ethic, which is why I work so hard for, whether it be in my academics or just in my work overall, I always just try to give it my all. 
I grew up seeing my parents and my older siblings hustling to make ends meet, but also to achieve their personal goals. Both of my siblings have, you know, reached their goals. They were, my brother is an entrepreneur. He owned his own business. My sister also attempted her business and took a break, but she still has high hopes for it. So just having that um, in my life has taught me so much. From my culture, I've learned not to accept any sort of toxic masculinity, machismo, or anything like that. I know that that's not something I like or want in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and most importantly, I've learned to not stay quiet. I've learned to speak up and stand up for myself, which is the most important thing that has shaped me to be who I am now because I know that I deserve more. And I know that women within my culture and women in general deserve more. They deserve to become first and not be like a second priority to anything. We deserve to take care of ourselves and not feel like we're being selfish. That's amazing that you recognize that and you're acting for that and fighting for it because it's so important. And I think with everything that's happened in everyone's past, it's so easy to take on the the more negative mindsets that are given to you just because it's easier but doesn't mean it's not important to fight for a new way of thinking exactly so how is mental health viewed in your family or in your um surroundings growing up mental health was a topic that was never talked about at all it wasn't something of importance there was always something better to do than to be sad you know that was never something that was acknowledged Mm-hmm. You didn't have time to have a mental illness because you had to figure out ways to survive. And also there was such a high stigma with suicide or self-harm. It was definitely frowned upon or sometimes it was like used as a joke. And now that I think about it, it's so like hurtful now that I'm like reflecting upon that mm-hmm. because I feel like that's something so normal in my culture that when something bad happens, we often use it against people and we like joke about it as a way to cope from it with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so unhealthy to do that, both for ourselves and for those who are experiencing like mental health issues. But yeah it was never talked about i remember i used to want to bring up the topic and my dad would always get so upset and i would mention any like therapy any anything along those lines he'd always say we're not crazy we don't need to go to a therapist we're not crazy and that was it like there was no other conversation that would that we would have Mm -hmm. that was basically the end That's really hard, especially when you, as a younger person, are willing to talk about it, which is not easy for younger people to even come to terms with. Like you were saying with that, almost that humor with it, I feel like there's a really fine line between dark humor and just kind of offensive humor towards mental health. Because, I mean, people always say it all the time, something bad happens on their computer, they, something happens, they're like, I'm going to kill myself. And it's... I don't think we really register it when it's when we're saying it to be mean or to be harmful but it is definitely something that I think as mental health activists that we do notice a lot because there's such serious topics 
being thrown around so casually. Um, Exactly, yeah. So if you're willing to talk about if you've had any uh, mental health issues and your experience growing up with it, and like you said, with therapy with your dad, he said that he wasn't crazy. I know I, when I was even younger, I even um, said, I don't want to go to therapy. Nothing's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. Um, But nothing does have to be wrong with you to go to therapy. Everyone should go, so... Of course, um, I'd be. I'd love to. I feel like I want my story to inspire others, and I'm willing to be vulnerable. Um, this is not something I'm used to talking about, but I know that it will help those who need it. Um, so I grew up in Santa Ana, California, which is in SoCal. So I lived in a predominantly Latinx community, you know, I went to a bilingual school and um, it was great. I didn't know what mental health was at all. Um, So it was never talked about. So I didn't know what depression was. I didn't know what anxiety was. Mm -hmm. Suicide, I feel like I knew what suicide was from like my school friends, right? And also in school, they teach you some of like the things relating to suicide, but Mm -hmm. um, I actually dealt with depression in middle school and high school. And then I was also suicidal for a very long time in high school. It wasn't until my niece was born eight years ago. I was like very determined to end my life, um, but I didn't attempt anything, thank God, because I would have definitely regretted it. I'm so glad to be where I am now, and I'm happy that that is now in the past um that suicidal episode in my life is not really present now so i'm happy but yeah so for my entire life i was very shy and very kept to myself a lot um and i didn't know why that was i didn't know why i was feeling depressed i didn't even know what i was feeling not knowing i was depressed Mm -hmm. so i was very confused throughout my middle school and early high school years just not knowing what was going on. Well, I want to thank you for being so vulnerable on here because, like you said, it can totally help someone who's listening. And it's really impressive and strong that you're open and willing to talk about what you've been through. So with that depressive episode, and what did you do to cope with it since you were so young? I did nothing. I, I guess, well, I did. I bottled everything up, which is definitely not the healthiest thing at all and I do not recommend anyone to do that um I completely shut down and I built this barrier and I guess it's like persona that I was a strong child and nothing ever brought me down and that was partly because of how I was viewed within my family you know I I would always get in trouble so my, my parents had this idea that I was strong and independent so when I was going through this depression I had that in the back of my mind you know I had that I was strong and I was independent and I couldn't let anyone bring me down I couldn't let anything bring me down so I was depressed and I kept it to myself and I said that I was going to get myself out of it which Mm -hmm. was definitely not it Um, I didn't want to disappoint my family and I also hated making things about myself And I didn't want to take the attention from anything or anyone because also at that time, my sister was going through a rough point in her life and she was already getting help. She was getting the attention from my parents and 
at that moment, I understood that she needed the help more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I hated seeing her sad so often that I sacrificed like my own well-being so that she could get the help she needed. So as my sister was getting her help and her needs met, I was still struggling to like keep up with life and keep up with my depression, which was very, it was a very dark place in my life and a very dark time. From what I'm hearing, it seems like, like you said earlier, as a Latinx woman, the culture has you care about other people more than you would pay attention to yourself. So when your sister was going through that, I'm sure that it was even more hard to um, give the attention that you needed to yourself because you're constantly always focused on the people that you love. Exactly. That was definitely what was going on. I My sister is my best friend, so to see her struggling and to see her unhappy every day going to school, I was, like, heartbroken, and I didn't want to see her like that, so I'd rather her get the help she needed than I do. Mm-hmm. Too, when you're so young... Um and you're told to be strong, and you tell yourself you're strong, um, it's so easy to feel like you don't want to take up any more space. Like you said, you were shy. I was have been so shy my whole life. I also dealt with depression in high school, and I remember just the last thing I wanted to do was draw attention to it because I felt like it would make it a bigger problem instead of diminishing it. Exactly. It's also, um, I think the reason why I also kept quiet was because um like I said stuff like that sensitive topics like mental health and suicide are often used against you in life in general I feel like you know Mm -hmm. but more in in my culture and in my family I didn't want to be judged by them and I didn't want them to think that something was wrong with me yeah like see you as weak which you obviously were not so you said that you didn't really know that you had depression, I guess, when it first started. You just were like, why am I sad? Why is this happening? When did you realize that you did have a mental illness? It was honestly till I came to college. So I was 18, but I think when I really started to realize that what I was going through was a mental illness was when I was 19. So I was 19 when I realized it, and then, which was my sophomore year of college. Uh, and then it wasn't until last October that I actually began going to therapy, and I began, like, reflecting upon my childhood. And then um, I just began educating myself and thinking back. Um, yeah, so I was 19 when I realized that I had gone through a really bad depression. Mm-hmm. Um back when I was younger so it was crazy for me to really accept that you know there Mm -hmm. it was such a long period in my life where I was so unhappy and questioned myself and my well-being and to now realize what was the issue was like mind-blowing and it was hard to accept because again I had this like, thought of myself as a strong, independent woman. Mm-hmm. And then just the thought of that was, like, wow, I guess I'm not as strong as, as I thought I was. But in reality, I'm, like... All the more strong because you got through it. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think with depression, too, it's especially hard because 
I mean, those stereotypical things where you don't want to talk to anyone, you're in bed all day. I mean, those can happen, but depression is also, it comes in waves, you know, like you can ha- you can go through a very depressive state for all through high school. And then when you come to college and if you were to realize, wow, like I was depressed and I'm, I struggle with depression, it's especially hard to accept it once you've moved past it and you, you're getting better and you're on your way to feeling more you feel more happy and you don't want to almost like accept the fact that like you have to use this term depressed but depression isn't a it's a constant battle that you don't see every day for me at least um because some days I won't be able to get out of bed but then other days like the day after I'll be up and about go doing errands doing homework hanging out with friends um but it's hard to realize that you can have a mental illness while also being happy at times I think because there's such a big stereotype around it exactly and also because now that I realize I had like high functioning depression I believe that's the term Mm -hmm. so you would have never realized that I was dealing with depression unless you were with me during the times that I would cry myself to sleep and stuff because I was I was such a scholar like I was taking all these AP classes, all these honor classes, and I was doing really good in school. So it wasn't, my depression wasn't like just staying home and not wanting to do anything, which was what I thought, right, Mm -hmm. that depression was. So that was even difficult for me to like self-diagnose myself. Yeah, to to admit to yourself, well, I think I have this issue. But again, this is all about the stereotypes that we're trying to break. Um, Right. Yeah, exactly. And that sucks because we're growing up trying to deal with it, but all we can think about is what we've been told by society, which is just not true. Yeah, like what we've been conditioned to think, you know, we grew up thinking that depression is only when you're sad and when you're just laying in bed and not wanting to do anything. Exactly. Um, So you said that you were self-diagnosed. How did you feel when you kind of came to terms with okay, like, I struggle with depression, and I'm going to get help, and I'm, like you said, you're going to therapy, which is awesome, by the way. Um, it is very hard to get yourself to go to therapy, especially yeah. when you're trying to It really to is, something. yeah. Um, so I felt so many emotions when I was really coming to terms with it. I was so confused, but it was honestly more along the lines of denial. I just couldn't believe that I went through depression like it was just hard for me to really accept it but once I did um I so I felt confused and I also felt angry um I was upset at the fact that I lived my entire life my entire childhood not knowing this about myself Mm -hmm. because it definitely shaped me you know it was crucial in my like emotional development and I was just upset because this is so important and the fact that I had no clue that I was mentally ill was enraging I was angry at my parents for not talking about these things for like not looking out for me Mm -hmm. you know and now that I think about that it's like they didn't even know about it themselves you know Mm -hmm that's the thing with our culture we don't talk about it we don't educate ourselves so it's just like a reoccurring cycle you know if 
I don't educate my parents now, nothing's going to change. If I don't educate myself on mental illness, nothing's going to change for the future generations. And then after just feeling all that anger, I felt relieved and happy. I, it was like a breath of fresh air and knowing that there was a reason for why things were happening, why I was so unhappy, why mm-hmm. I was struggling to survive. You know, I felt like my, an- my questions were answered as to what was wrong with me. But again, I didn't mean it in like a bad way as in something's wrong with you, but like what What's is the reason, I guess. I was yeah. just looking for an answer. I mean, I bet I feel like that would be the most relieving feeling ever, especially when you feel so down on yourself and unable to explain why. Um, yeah. So um, you talked about going to therapy, like I said, amazing. How's your experience? Are you still in therapy right now? Yeah, so I actually just celebrated my one-year anniversary in therapy, oh gosh, and I was yay. so excited. Yeah. I was, like, posting everywhere. I was, like, telling my sister about it. And I was just so happy. It's, like, the longest relationship I've ever been in. So I'm so proud of myself. Um, But, yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm so glad that I was able to do that. You know, and to be able to have the opportunity and the resources to go to therapy, I'm beyond grateful for that. But in the beginning, honestly, it was so scary. I, again, I didn't even, growing up, I didn't think that I'd ever have to go to therapy. I didn't think that I'd needed to go to therapy. But um, after being in college, after educating myself and realizing that I do have past trauma and that needs to be resolved, Mm -hmm. um, I went ahead and scheduled my first session. And I remember I would get so nervous and anxious and... um, I'd always be so scared that I wasn't going to have anything to talk about, which then led me to realize that I have performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. That's why I always have to like be prepared. I would always feel so pressured to make sure that I have something good to talk about. Mm-hmm. But now it's completely different. Like I go in there with no expectations and then it just helps the conversations flow a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're just a lot better, you know. It's quality. Yeah. The quality is a lot better of those conversations. A raw conversation compared to something that you've already thought about over and over again and how you're going to explain it and who said what and that. So, I mean, first of all, quick shout out to Counseling Center. You guys are, as students, um, completely free therapy zoom sessions from the counseling center so definitely check those out um an amazing resource that we have and i don't think enough of us know about it um back to that sorry it was a good plug um (laughs) of course we love that so going to therapy i know when i was younger my mom always wanted me to go and i would i mean i would be like i'm not going i don't know this lady she knows nothing about me how does she have something to say about my life as I thought I wanted to be, like, a therapist when I was younger. Um, (laughs) But I think therapy, it really does have a stereotype thinking that, like, you have to have something wrong to see your therapist. Like, you have to have an issue at hand. You had to have just gone through a fight. You had to have just gone through something. Um, 
But therapy is really just a conversation with someone with an out, outside perspective, right? I mean, it's to make you feel heard by someone who's not in the same situation that you are in. Um, exactly. Go ahead. And I think also a lot of people don't realize that there's lots of different types of therapy. You know, there's art therapy, there's EMDR where that has to deal with like eye movements and just... So it's not just about having a conversation, just like staring at each other. You know, you could be doing other things totally. that make it easier for those that have like performance anxiety, you know, like myself. Mm-hmm. I remember I was, I told my therapist, I was like, yeah, honestly, I don't have anything to talk about today. Like I'm not prepared. And she's like, that's fine. And she knows that I like doing arts and crafts. So she brought out like some painting supplies and we just started painting and Honestly, that was, like, the most, like, invested that I have ever was in the conversation Mm -hmm. without really knowing it. Art therapy is so real. I've said it to someone before, and they were like, okay, that's just, like, painting for joy. And you're like, yeah, therapy is joy, though. Like, it's, you're painting to make, express yourself so you don't have to say it, because saying it can be so difficult, um. Therapy just lets you do whatever you want on a blank canvas, or at least art therapy. So that's amazing that she did that. I've never, I mean, I haven't been to a therapy session where that has happened. And I mean, goes to show it's not just sitting down and talking. It's expressing yourself and letting yourself create even. And it was also very cool because um, it's also a way to tune into your inner child. Mm -hmm. Um. Some people are not aware that they have, like, their inner child, like, is hurt and wasn't able to develop fully. Mm -hmm. So going back to doing things, like, that you would do as a child is heartwarming and it helps a lot. It's nice to feel, I mean, at that time you didn't have many responsibilities, so it's nice to be put in that mindset again. Exactly. Um, So how are you coping with your mental health Honestly, I don't have a set thing. You know, I do a lot for my mental health. For starters, now that I know that I have anxiety, I'm more aware of it. And so I'm aware of my stressors and I try to prevent it from escalating. Mm -hmm. So that's been helpful because I know in the past, um, I suffered a really bad anxiety attack a couple years ago and I didn't even know it was happening. And I didn't even know why it was happening. So now um, I know what stresses me out. I know what's going to make me anxious. So I know how to prepare for it. Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite thing to do is doing breathing work. Um, Just taking like a couple breaths and then relaxing. That really helps a lot. And also doing positive affirmations is another thing that I like to do. Yes, Um, I love it. Yeah, just reminding myself, you know, that I am capable of doing great things. 100%. I'll throw in a couple more ways that I cope just to give some options to our listeners. Yeah, of course. Um, First of all, affirmations, 100%. Get yourself a sticky notepad, write some amazing things about you, and put them all over your room because you're so amazing. And I think we're obviously our biggest critics so when you're reminded by your biggest critic that you're amazing it feels good second of all I'm a person I'm 
I'm outdoorsy, but I'm not, I'm not on a hike every, every weekend, but (laughs) taking a walk, if I feel anxious, depressed, stressed, if I haven't gotten out of bed all day because I just don't want to, if I get myself to just go outside, take a block, walk, literally like five minutes, getting myself moving really helps me. And that's funny because I'm not, I'm not an exercise person. I'm not a fitness guru (laughs) at any, at any level. But feeling that fresh air and feel and seeing life going on around you, I think feels really good because when you're stuck in your room or wherever you are, you're just in that same position and everything's standing still. So it's easy to get caught up. Definitely. I love going on walks and just seeing all the squirrels around Chico. I just think they're so funny. Oh my God, they're amazing. They're, and they're if, entertainment, yeah. to be honest. They really are. Also, I forgot to include, like, the most important thing I've done to help cope with my mental illness is getting an emotional support animal. Oh, my God. Like, I got my dog this past May, and he has honestly been the best emotional support dog ever. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Like, whenever I'm stressed, he'll, he'll like, know, and he'll just come up to me and stand, like, right in front of my face mm-hmm. and just stare at me, and that will honestly just make me feel so much better. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. And it's great. It's great. Um, and also, another tip that I forgot to mention was I feel like now that we're all, like, so into technology oh. and you know, everything's online. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I do for my positive affirmations is I set a reminder. So on my phone, I just set positive affirmation reminders and then they just pop up randomly. And then I just repeat them to myself for a couple of times, like three times. And then I go on with my that. day. Yeah, And that has been really helpful. It doesn't have to take time. Like, honestly, it doesn't take more than 30 seconds to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And it does have so much longer than a 30 second impact Definitely. also just I think listening to our minds and bodies I deal with social anxiety a lot of the time so if mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to go to even like a dinner with one of my like very closest friends I get really stressed out um so I breathe like you said breathing exercises I used to think were the biggest hoax in the world I was like, (laughs) that's not a thing. Like, there's no way. Oh, my gosh. Same. That's exactly what I thought. And then I did yoga one time, and I was really struggling in a position that I was in. And the teacher literally came up to me and was like, okay, breathe with me. And I did it, and I literally felt my body, like, relax into the position. And I talked to the coach afterward, and she was like, yeah, like, breathing isn't just for yoga. Um, It calms your body down. It... 100% breathing is huge. Um, Okay, so little moving on to other things. How does your family view mental illness now? Um, And has anything changed since you were younger? Um, Do they know about your depression? If you would like to talk on that. Of course, I'd love to. Um, I feel like it's one of my greatest accomplishments is changing their views on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, after I was diagnosed, I became very vocal about mental health and I had many conversations with my mom because she's the one that's more open to having these conversations. But occasionally I did have conversations with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So both of their mentalities have changed. They're more open to having those conversations. Um, Giving my experience, my sister and I have become more involved in advocating for mental health. And we often talk to my niece about mental health and we want her to know like what her resources are. And most importantly, we want to build that strong connection with her Mm -hmm. so that if ever one day she's feeling depressed or anxious or just wants to talk, Mm -hmm. she knows that she has guidance and she knows that it's normal for someone to struggle with their mental health, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, How old is your niece? If I can My niece turned eight in January. Oh, um, yeah. That's so amazing that I think it is so important because you don't really learn about mental health, like informationally until you're probably a teen, like maybe in your health class, like barely. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that is so, you don't have to use the big words, you don't have to use the scientific facts, but to like let children and the kids around you know that they are so heard and that every emotion is valid, I think is so important, especially coming from a time in the past where children were expected to shut up, sit down and be quiet. Exactly. And so... I think we grow up thinking like this doesn't matter and no one wants to hear my struggles. No one wants to hear what I'm dealing with. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. But then all you're doing is sacrificing your own happiness. So that's amazing. I applaud you so much for doing that for her. And Thank you. Yeah. And again, it goes back to me not wanting to repeat those cycles. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to break those um intergenerational traumas that are getting passed down you know my niece is well aware that I go to therapy she knows what therapy is so that just makes me so happy because eight-year-old me never even knew what that was you know Mm -hmm. um and now she knows that that's an option and that option is so normal and not weird or anything like that also my mom um again like I said I've had a lot of conversations with her and she really got comfortable with having those conversations and actually began going to therapy going to therapy um so that just makes me so proud of her that you know she is an older latina woman and for her to be doing that Mm -hmm. makes me so proud because within our culture the women just stay quiet you know they never Mm -hmm. do things for themselves they always are there to support their husbands or support their kids and never do things for themselves and never take care of themselves. So that was a really big step in my mom's life. And I always applaud her for it, you know, and it's been hard for her Mm -hmm. because again, you know, it's hard for her to open up to a total stranger, but she's so happy. She's going, she's a lot happier in general. And I'm just so glad that she's able to confine in someone, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so amazing. Being vulnerable is probably one of the hardest things that humans can do. And it's awesome that you've gotten your family to recognize that it is so normal to talk about your feelings. Um, And also be more comfortable around it. Because like you said, um, your mom became more comfortable talking about it. Um, as you matter interns, we're obviously trying to end the stigma, 
behind mental health but even those like little conversations that nobody wants to have like those are big steps towards that end goal exactly Um, and I just love having those conversations because I know that they are hard in the beginning mm -hmm. but then once you're done with the conversation you're so much closer to that person you know you feel so much you build that connection yeah totally and it's you built a connection that's also like relatable and it allows them to see past what you're allowing everyone else to see you know because I can put on a smile every single day and no one will know I'm going through something but when you're able to talk about oh I struggle with depression and I struggle about this it I think kind of reminds the people around us to check in on people because that's Mm -hmm. such an important thing for us to do people can be so can look so happy and so flawless and amazing but we gotta check in even if they look like they're on cloud nine top of the world checking in is so important and when you have those conversations checking in is a lot more easier yes so what advice could you give people who might be going through the same situation that you once were for starters i would like to say that you are more than your mental illness there is absolutely nothing wrong with you and that is i know that that's something that i've struggled with mm-hmm. but i have struggled understanding that my mental illness does not define who i am because that's true you should not let it define you you know yes it's part of your identity but it's not your entire identity Totally. Don't be upset with the fact that you suffer with a mental illness and use that experience to your advantage. Mm-hmm. If you are able to be vulnerable and, you know, inspire others, then go ahead and do that. Don't belittle yourself. Don't minimize your mental illness because it's something that really defines who you are. Mm-hmm. So I feel like be proud of your mental illness once you know how to cope with it totally I think that um yeah mental illness is something that come like comes stays but also I don't think it's your end-all be-all but I think 100% you should Mm -hmm. be proud of yourself for being able to recognize what you have to deal with and also recognize that it's important to pay attention to it because not a lot of people can or don't want to and when you recognize that you can help your own mental sanity like scream it on the top on the rooftops you know like tell everyone that it's totally okay and like um if you had something to say to your old self what would it be oh my gosh I'd say so much to little Norma but most importantly I'd say thank you I'd say thank you for pushing through life and thank you for not giving up you're doing way better than you think you are and your future holds so much and i'm just so incredibly proud of where your growth will be in the future and just of i'm just proud of the awesome human you will become and yeah i think that's what i would say to myself well i wish i could send her a letter (laughs) so before we close off um what do you wish could change about mental health I want to change so much um I want to start off by educating my community 
on the effects that silencing has on our mental health and the role that our culture plays. Most importantly, I'd like to change the lack of representation when it comes to therapists. Um, Our community needs people like us who will understand our struggles and our traumas. That's definitely an issue that I've been dealing with is not having enough representation, not finding a Latinx therapist that will know how the culture works, you know, all the stuff that comes with our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that I really want to do, which is part of the reason why I want to become a MFT in the future, um, to work with the Latinx population. And also I want to, you know, like everyone else, I want to reduce the stigma that comes with mental health, um, to normalize therapy and normalize having a mental illness. It doesn't make you any less of a person, and that's what I want to change. I love it. Um, well, thank you so much, Norma, for an absolutely amazing and educating conversation. Right. Um, this episode was really special because we got to talk about personal experiences as well as culture, which is different for everyone. It's super cool to hear different perspectives on mental health in different communities and cultures. Thank you for having me. Oh I appreciate gosh, it. and whoever is listening i'd just like to say that i hope this reaches you in time um i hope my story and vulnerability motivates you and inspires you to continue your own journey or to just start your journey and i hope that this has been helpful thank you again for being so vulnerable and so open um it means the world to not only me but everyone else all right all right Bye. bye norma Alright guys, well I hope you enjoyed that episode of Chatter With You Matter. Like I said earlier, the Counseling Center has Zoom virtual appointments for therapy and different kind of groups therapy if you want to go ahead and go onto the website. Um, It's super easy, it's a great resource, and it's free. So is the food pantry that's located next to the BMU on campus and is an amazing resource that has groceries, fresh produce that comes in every single week provided by the community and the school. Well, with all that being said, I hope you guys have a fabulous week and don't forget, you matter.